Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. I'm Amy Rojek, Director of BDO Center for Governance, and have the pleasure of sitting down with Christopher Tower and Philip Austin to discuss drivers of audit quality underlying high-quality financial reporting that audit committees can trust in. Christopher Tower serves as BDO's National Assurance Managing Partner of Audit Quality and Professional Practice and is a member of our firm's executive leadership team. Christopher has more than 36 years of public accounting experience, including client service, practice operational oversight, and audit quality and professional practice oversight. Philip Austin serves as BDO's National Managing Partner of Auditing. In this role, he oversees how we perform our public and private company audit and attestation services, and he has over 27 years of public accounting experience, including client-facing service delivery, public policy, strategy and regulation, and audit quality and professional practice oversight. Christopher, Philip, I welcome you both to the program today. Thank you, Amy. We, are, we appreciate you having us. Yeah, thanks, Amy. It's going to be a good time together. Looking forward to just the knowledge share and the engagement to, with each other. Great. I, I'm very happy to get to work with both of these gentlemen on a daily basis, and annually they provide me with the opportunity to lead the development of our BDO's audit quality report, through which we share our focused investments and activities that we, as a firm, engage in to enhance audit quality, provide exceptional client experience, and build trust in the market around the integrity of financial reporting. So with that as a backdrop, Christopher, many don't realize that audit quality is not a defined term in authoritative standards. So how does BDO define audit quality? So Amy, uh, most definitely, uh, audit quality is not a defined term, not uh, by the academics, not by the standard setters, and not by the regulators. And it's kind of befuddling that uh, everyone hasn't gotten together and come up with a common definition. Um, Last year, BDO embarked on a journey to actually define audit quality, and Philip uh, was the uh, architect of that uh, definition. So Philip, a huge thank you to you for your efforts in in helping our firm coalesce a view as to the definition of audit quality. When we think about audit quality and that definition, uh, we we think the following elements are included. First, uh, efficient, effective, technology-enabled, and technically compliant audit is a key component of that definition. And the the next component is that those audits are highly valued and relied upon by intended users of the financial statements. And the last part of our definition is that these audits are done, performed by skilled professionals doing evaluative, insightful, and impactful work. And when you put all that together, it gives one a a pretty comprehensive view about our view as to what audit quality is and how one would observe a quality audit. I appreciate that. So so how has this definition been received by stakeholders? 
Um, different stakeholders, different views. Uh, if you look at the employee group, uh, it has provided empowerment and pride to deliver high quality audit work. Um, with respect to our clients and their management teams, they've been highly receptive to the definitions focused on efficiency and effectiveness, of course, and responsiveness to emerging issues. Audit committees have liked uh, the definitions consideration of adding skilled professionals to engagement teams because they really do want skilled professionals doing the work and they love the focus that they're doing evaluative, insightful, and impactful work. And, and they've also liked uh, the concept of value-added insights. Uh, with respect to our regulators, uh, it's been crickets, uh, but that's not a bad thing because regulators don't give positive comments on things. And you usually hear something from our regulators if we had missed the mark. And we haven't heard anything, so we take that as great news. Um, with respect to investors, lastly, investors have focused on the element of the definition that relates to them. Specifically, our focus on their need to be able to have confidence in the integrity of financial reports issued by our clients so that they can rely on them to make investment decisions. All right. Thank you for that. And I guess no news is good news on the regulator side. So we'll, we'll let that one go. My, my, most definitely, Henry. <laughs> uh, Philip, we are highly focused on our system of quality management as a firm. And we leverage the Center for Audit Quality's audit quality framework in communicating audit quality actions internally and externally. And as part of that, we consider a broad variety of indicators of audit quality to inform our decisions. So maybe you can share a little bit more about the AQIs that we've identified and how we use them. Sure, Amy. As Christopher was describing the journey to stating our intended outcomes, the important thing that comes alongside that is having defined audit quality or the purpose of the work we do. We have to start working out what elements contribute to that outcome. Audit quality indicators, or in some literature, audit quality inputs, describe the things that exist that allow you to achieve that outcome. And similar to other kind of approaches one might expect, it starts with the environment in which the organization works. So we have quality indicators that reflect the impact of how we govern and instill tone and culture within the firm. These are the things that allow us to ask questions around whether our professionals are aligned in purpose. We use a pulse survey that we, we do annually along with some other metrics to make sure that's the case. Cultivating diversity and view through looking at our diversity and inclusion activities, engaging across the operational and the professional practice organization, looking at the kinds of uh, approaches we have to the right clients, in the right markets with the right approaches. And then we look at elements like ethics and independence. If we're gonna run a firm that achieves audit quality and it's going to have compliant audits that result in opinions that can be relied on, we need to know that our people are independent and objective of the organizations we audit. And we need to know that the ethical frameworks we use are consistent. We look to indicators of whether people are making the right choices in difficult situations? Are they consulting with others to get a better outcome in terms of the judgments made? Are we willing to stand our ground and develop and reflect institutional fortitude, the, the willingness to 
to look at something and say, you know what, that's not the way it ought to be, and we will persist until it is the way it should be. It's very important in an organization to also think about which clients you associate with. Um, Clearly, you want to add the right value to the market. But sometimes the best thing you can do is choose clients based on alignment in purpose. You want clients, and we look at this through our risk management elements, that have a view on doing the right thing, on presenting information that is meaningful to users. We want to make sure that the clients that we work with have an alignment with us, that credible, honest information is the purpose of financial reporting. Clients that are receptive to ongoing education. Amy, you run a, an excellent corporate governance program that provides thought leadership and within the boardroom structure gives access for our clients to thought leaders uh, to unpack emerging trends, known issues, and focus in on the things that will make a difference to business strategy and decisioning. That's an important audit quality indicator, right clients, right interaction with them. Christopher mentioned the importance of people, people that are skilled in what they do and motivated with common purpose around meaningful work. How we develop teams and professionals is another quality indicator, whether it's inputs, what learning we have people perform, or it's concentrating work so that people can perform specialized tasks with high degrees of excellence, or it's establishing metrics around milestones and audits, involvement of others, coaching and mentoring. These are quality inputs or indicators, quality indicators that drive toward a result. We also look very closely at the resources we provide to our engagement teams. We have extensive investment in technology, very important element of today's audit, in data analytics, in driving mechanisms to bring best-in-class information to the audit team so that what they're focusing on is where it matters most and they can make really good judgments. By distinguishing how we approach the audit based on the entity's complexity and regulatory environment, we also enable teams to bring the most value and insight into those audits. And then, of course, monitoring. Nothing works in life if you don't measure progress, assess the current state, and monitor your achievements. We have a continuous quality framework that looks at current state, looks at opportunities for improvement, and looks at driving how we achieve, whether it's looking at engagements through inspections that look back on completed engagements, or it's our infield monitoring that looks at what's occurring right now in front of us, or it's our landscape surveying where we look around and say what's happening outside of the organization that could impact meaningful delivery. All of that drives the quality indicator framework we use. And just as a matter of a 2020 story, because no podcast can go without a 2020 story of some sort, this year we saw how the monitoring made a difference. Being able to look at issues that were readily apparent, COVID-19 business impacts, and then cascade that down into very specifics. How is that impacting this location, this industry? What are the response considerations? How do we support achieving quality? It was an excellent way of seeing the quality indicators work together, using technology, using people, using process, and just responding to a moment where those responses drove to the quality outcome. And I would just add in here as well, committed leadership. Uh, the firm's leaders have made decisions. Those decisions include having a leader of, of Christopher's caliber 
and experience and background leading our professional practice group. And it includes operational leaders who have quality outcomes as the cornerstone of what they think about before they get to the best business outcomes with quality in mind. And that makes a huge difference to any organization and certainly has been a huge differentiator for BDO. Now, thank you. That was quite eloquent how you described the framework where we approach audit quality as a firm. So I want to kind of flip it to Christopher now. And in your mind, what would be the top priorities for audit committees to consider and expect from their engagement with their external independent auditors? All right. Thanks, uh, Amy. Um, interesting, the role and responsibilities of the audit committee uh, have really increased substantially in recent years. Uh, as a result, I, I think audit committees expect a lot out of their audit firm. Um, and, and they're right. They, they're rightful to expect a lot out of the firms. And um, for all those audit committee members listening to this podcast, don't be shy about asking for more time of your auditors. Um, engage with them frequently. You'll get a lot out of them. Uh, Sometimes you may not get a lot out of them because they're trying to follow your time schedule and they're trying to be respectful of your time, your time commitment to the endeavor. Um, if you create blocks of time, schedule them, and you give enough time and set expectations on what you would like them to talk about, you, you will be surprised what you can extract from your auditor. Um, some of those things, um, let's, let's talk about them. First, uh, uh, might be timely, insightful guidance around emerging accounting and reporting issues, um, impacting their business and their industry. Um, others uh, would be meaningful commentary on observations noted through the conduct of the audit regarding their processes and internal control procedures. Um, proactive discussion around areas of significant audit focus and critical audit matters being those items that involve especially challenging, subjective, or complex auditor judgment. A practical and proactive approach to investigating a potential fraud or a legal act when identified. Uh, proactive external engagement by the auditors across the profession and with regulators and standard setters. You really can expect and really want your auditor to be actively involved in the dialogue in the profession with regulators, with standard setters, highly, highly important. An another area is uh, a depth of support from centralized sources and resources of the firm, whether that be from national technical resources, emerging technology that drives efficiency and effectiveness through the audit. And last but not least, shared candid observations about the adequacy and quality of accounting and finance functions within the client's organization. This is a touchy one because auditors may be loath to comment on the quality of these resources, given what the impact could be on an auditor's relationship with the company. So these must be handled um, very sensitively. But if you probe, your auditors will be candid and will give you good insight as to whether the accounting and finance functions are adequately uh, resourced and whether they have uh, the type of individuals that can contribute to the success of the organization and its duty to report effectively uh, to the public. Now, thank you for that. And I think just to echo Philip's point earlier is that, you know, I think robust and ongoing education 
that you can derive from your audit engagement teams and the, the supportive resources that you know, their auditors have at a national level, I think could be extremely impactful and timely as well. That's a really good point because, for example, our organization offers a program of engaging with our audit committees of our issuer audit clients to discuss topical matters, whether it be accounting, reporting, finance, um, uh, technical, uh, uh, quality control, you name it. Uh, matters with those audit committees, uh, things they want to hear about. And those are things that audit committees may not know they can uh, tap their for, for. So that form of education um, is available in 30-minute, 20-minute, hour bite sizes uh, that can really be insightful for audit committee members, full boards in the C-suite. And uh, you, you've led that program for our firm. And I think it's uh, it's a really been well received, and it's a sort of a hidden jewel out there that audit committees should ask their auditors for, right, Amy? No, I agree. I agree, and I think that the dialogue that you see when you have those types of learning opportunities with the board and with the management teams is really impactful because it does open up a lot more in in the realm of questioning, in the realm of deep conversation into the specifics of the audit engagement. So I've, I've found those very, very impactful for everybody involved. So, so thank you for those comments. And, and Philip, I wanted to kind of take a quick look forward, if we will, as, as how the audit is going to continue to evolve and where you see the future of audit heading and what should management and those charged with governance expect. Yep. Amy, the, the one thing I have been passionate about throughout my career is the intense value a good audit relationship brings to management and those charged with governance. The methods we use to get to this outcome, I'll describe in a moment, because I think those are changing. But the most important piece to an audit committee, to management and those charged with governance, is whether the audit firm they're with is the firm that's going to keep them safe. And when I look at keeping entities safe, it's making sure the measurements match current financial reporting standards. And we've seen that the move toward more and more fair value, more and more estimate-based measurements, the shift in revenue recognition outcomes, it's a complex world. And I think management of those charged with governance should welcome their auditors looking under the spaces where the greatest risks lie to measurement and the greatest risks lie to disclosure. And you know when that's occurring. You know when an auditor has uh, has thoroughly kicked the tires, turned over the judgments, the management team have had to explain, articulate, answer questions that have been meaningful. And you know when that hasn't occurred. And to me, that is really important for anybody with an audit relationship. And then you ask for the auditors to be current, to be modern, to be using data digitization, data analytics, expert resources to get to the right questions quicker. And if I, if I might, I look at that and I say, just take people. You would far rather be talking to somebody who's seen your circumstance, your industry, your management review control question, your issue frequently, where they bring insights to bear based on your information as an audited entity, then have the feeling that the person you're dealing with, you're having to teach your trade so that they know what questions to ask. So that piece about people really important. 
And I think that's changing the game for auditors. I think the, the days of a team that tries to dabble in six or seven really complex matters um, is fast being taken over by teams that are assembled based on expertise. And then supporting those people with predictable work methods. Uh, clients deserve to have audits that don't intrude and distract their management team unnecessarily. That means getting to the data more quickly. It means patterning the outliers more insightfully. It means asking questions that go to the heart of the measurement matters and not questions about how to get to the information. And that's important because whether we're auditing financial statements or we begin performing assurance services on other matters, environmental, social governance, an audited entity wants to know that they're getting a solid result with people who know what they're doing, using the best methods available, and with the least unnecessary distraction to their management team in meeting the business objectives. And that, I think, uh, leaves management and those charge of governments with a very clear picture. The auditor is part of the ecosystem of assurance that generates more reliable information that the company, the board, and the investors and have confidence in. And that is the purpose of what we do. No, I, I appreciate well that, Philip. Thank you very much. And thank you both for your time today. I want to highlight to our listeners that you can find BDO's most recent audit quality report, Continuing to Build Trust, within our BDO.com website and within our Center for Corporate Governance. So we are confident that the AQIs and the approach to audit quality will resonate with you. Thank you both and happy holidays to all of our listeners. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash BDO Knows Governance.